So today we're talking about God the Father, but we're talking actually about the Spirit and the Father, the Holy Spirit and the Father. Um, If I were to ask uh, a, a lot of different people, even in this room or across churches, what is the main work of the Holy Spirit? People would ask, answer different ways. Some people you know would talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Others uh, might say the Holy Spirit's about bringing a conviction of sin. Uh, the Holy Spirit's about sanctifying and washing us. Uh, some would say it's about the unity and guidance for the church and wisdom for Christians. And all of these things are true. That's, that is true. And actually, if you read my readings this week, I'm picking up more about the gifts of the Spirit and the the Holy Spirit at work in the church body. But uh, this morning, I want to pick out something about the work of the Spirit, which is most wonderful and really central to the life of the church. It is crucial to the Christian. And it's quite simply, I can say this quite simply, the Holy Spirit makes known the Father. To us, And that is an incredible and great work and there's so much written about this in Scripture. And you see, the Holy Spirit brings us a knowledge of the Father. But knowledge is, in one sense you could say it's two parts, knowledge is learning. You know, you know facts about a person. But those facts are not over there. I mean, we could study a person in history, Napoleon. We don't know him. We don't really. We can find out a whole lot about him. But actually, the Holy Spirit brings to us a knowledge of the Father and also a knowing of the Father. A relational knowledge. Does that make sense? And those two are actually inseparable when it comes to God. Some people say it's all about the feelings of the Spirit, but don't worry about knowledge. It's like, hang on, the Holy Spirit brings us fact. It happens like this. You might be reading a part of Scripture and you might say, hear it say, the Lord, the Lord, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, faithfulness. Let's take those three things. There's a bit of knowledge for you. But the Spirit takes that and says, do you know, The Lord is slow to anger and he penetrates our heart and he's abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness and it becomes real to us and we know him even more than we knew him before. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the work of the Holy Spirit and it's a wonderful, wonderful work. We will never get to the bottom of knowing the Father. In fact, the more we know him, the more we love him and the more that we find out more about him and the more that we know him again. Can you see it? It's circular. And that, and that is great. Matthew ten twenty, Jesus says there that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of the Father. He knows everything from, and he takes everything from the Father and brings it to us. Do you know this? There is no one greater than God in this universe. Okay? There is no one more wonderful No one more amazing. There is no one comparable to him. He is incomparable, incomparable. If you were to say he's a bit like, you'd be fooling yourself. He's not a bit like anything on earth. He is so far and above everyone. 
He is the most glorious. Glory is only defined by him and by seeing him. Do you understand? He is the most wonderful and wonderful is defined by him. He is far and above anything. Right? That's who he is. And he's been revealed to us. Firstly, by Jesus. When we saw Jesus, we saw the Father. When he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What he's saying is, see all that about God's nature. You see what I said before about slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, um, faithfulness. That's, you see that in Jesus. But revealed, he's saying, if you see that, you see the Father. There is nothing better than knowing the Father. And you see, when Jesus came, he started to call God Father right from the beginning. He, God was always his Father. Even when he was a 12-year-old and he stayed back in the temple and his family went off without him a couple of days and didn't realise, um, he, he said, I thought you'd know I'd be about my Father's work. He knew the Father right from the beginning. And you see, he has revealed to us the Father. And then, after Jesus has saved us and redeemed us and cleansed us from all our sins, he made us fit because of our sinlessness, because Christ has taken all our sin, because we have the righteousness of God. He made us fit to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to be absolutely holy. And when the Holy Spirit comes to us, he does this. He reveals the Father to us. Now, if God is the most wonderful and amazing and beautiful being in this universe, what could be better and more important than knowing him? And that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. Yeah? He brings us a desire to know the Father and he fulfills that desire as he reveals the Father. There is nothing better than to know him. And this is wonderful. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is good. There's some key Bible readings for today. You, could, you may be able to... Um, can you get them on that? In Galatians 4. Uh, but if you want to know some of these readings, you can um, come and see me after or something. Because, I'll say it again, as we study his word, God speaks to us by his spirit and we know him more. And as we know him more, we have a greater desire to study his word. And he reveals more to us. Do you understand? So this wonderful work of the Spirit is to know God. I might not have the Bible on there. No connection. Okay. We're, we're, we're disconnected from the Word of God today. Sorry. Don't worry about it. No. That's okay. Okay. Galatians 4. I'll, I'll read these carefully then so you remember. Galatians 4 verse 4. Paul says, When the, time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son... Born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Okay. Now there's a word in there in Greek, which is, it's the word hena, which means for the purpose that. And, and it's like this. It's saying God sent his son who became flesh to redeem us from our sin and the condemnation of sin for the purpose that. What? For the purpose that we might be adopted into the Father's family. That's why the Father sent Jesus, sent him in the flesh to take away our sin, to redeem us, 
so that we would be adopted as children of God. And then he says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Because you've been adopted, because you could be adopted because your sins have been taken away, then you could know you are children. And because we are children, God sent his spirit into our hearts. His spirit lives within us and the spirit cries out, rises up within us and we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is kind of that deepest, most intimate cry within us. It's not just saying a word. We might be able to write an essay on the fatherhood of God, but something wonderful happens when we know him as father. And I know I've shared with you before, but one time uh, we had a a really hard time in our church in... Sorry, I'm trying. No, stop trying. We had a wonderful time, we had a, didn't have one time, we had a terrible time in, our, in one year, I think it was about 2006. We had actually something like 10 people within our congregation die in a year. They were older people and some weren't. Um, so it was a really difficult year and it, it was all coming one after the other and I, and I got to this point where I felt like I was overwhelmed. I had too much to do but I had so much to do and so much to think about that I couldn't handle it. So I went for a walk. I thought, I'm just going to go down the street. And as I was walking along, I was trying to formulate in my head a prayer that would make sense to ask God for help. But you know when you get overwhelmed, you've got nothing, you, you, it's too much, isn't there? And I just cried out this one word, Father. And at that moment, he flooded me with a knowledge of his fatherhood. He didn't say, so. Now you've got to do this, this and this and this order. That wasn't what I got. I just got a knowledge of his fatherhood. That is the cry, Abba, Father. It comes from the heart. And it's that same cry that Jesus said, do you know when? In the, at the Garden of Gethsemane. Yep. He, not my will, but yours be done. Father, at the moment of deepest need, we cry out. So the Father sent the Spirit to cry out in our hearts, Father. But you see, it was the Father who sent the Spirit. So if the Father sent the Spirit to cry out in our hearts, Abba, Father, what does that mean about what the Father wants? He wants us to know him as Father. He wants us to call him that. Do you understand? And when Jesus says, when you pray, our Father, when you pray, Father... That's because Jesus wanted you also to know that you can come to God as Father. God wants you to to know him as Father and he has purpose to send his spirit into your heart so that that will be your relationship with him. So that you can know him like that. So Paul goes on the next verse to say, so you're no longer a slave, but you're God's child. And since you're his child, God has made you an heir. An heir to the fullness of knowing God. The fullness of being in a relationship with him. This is a great work of the Spirit. It is unmatched. There is, it is of greatest of value. A knowledge of what God is like and to know he is our Father. In Romans 8, Paul says very similarly, 
right? Romans 8 verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Now, do you hear what it said there? It said, the Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit living in you, testifies in your spirit that we are God's children. That, that word testify means to bear witness. The Holy Spirit living in you bears witness. He is saying, know this. Put your name there. Know this, Derek. You are a child of God. This is of eternal significance. Isn't it? Because if he's made you his child, then you are his child for how long? Forever. Forever. We'll talk about that in a minute. Now, if we're his children, then we're his heirs. Again, heirs to the goodness of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in, also, in order that we may also share in his glory. We know him and we're heirs to everything that is his. In John 14, 16, John says this, and I, sorry, Jesus says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you an, another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. I read that again. Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give another advocate. Isn't it? Can you see the will of God? Jesus says, I'll ask the Father, knowing that that's exactly what the Father's will is, to send the Spirit. And the Spirit is just hanging on, waiting, because he wants to come and do exactly what the Father and the Son went. The will of God is all one, three in one. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. It was always God's intention from the beginning of creation that we'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right from the start. From the time that God breathed his breath or his spirit into us. To help us and to be with us forever. So I'll say it again. How long will the Holy Spirit be with you? Forever. Okay. For all who are in Christ, this is. What was the great and painful cry of David's heart when he, was, when he sinned against Uriah and Bathsheba and he got caught out. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Please, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Yep, I want, I, I want to be with the Holy Spirit forever. Can you hear that cry? What was the threat? Why, why did he think God might take his Holy Spirit from him? Because he'd sinned. So how could he, he, in thinking, how could he, a, a sinner, have the Holy Spirit? So he cried out, but please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But again, I'd say this, what has Jesus done to make it possible for us to receive our, the, the Holy Spirit? He has washed us and made us holy. To bring us to the Father. Yep. He took our sin once and for all. He restored us and he presents us holy and blameless 
washed children and therefore fit for the Holy Spirit and fit forever to know God the Father and fit forever to know that we are righteous before him. He goes on, uh, Jesus in, in Romans, uh, sorry, or in John 16, uh, John 14, verse 17. The world cannot accept him, that's the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world does not know the Holy Spirit. Whilst we could say it's true that the Holy Spirit keeps every man, woman and child in this world alive, until he doesn't, um, it is not true that everybody knows the Holy Spirit. Only those who are in Christ know the Holy Spirit. Those who don't, the world, those living in sin, cannot accept this. They neither know him nor see him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit lives with us and in us. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to come back to you by the Holy Spirit and be with you till the end of it. So we're not orphans. We'll always be children of God in him. Even in the face of, as with David, sin. Because if we have doubts about whether we could be children of God, it will be when we sin. Is that true? You will not be left as orphans. He lives in you and he's ever bearing witness. In fact, if you really think about it, if you sin and then cry out in your heart, take not your Holy Spirit from me, surely that's a sign that you have the Holy Spirit and you believe in him and he's with you. Isn't it? Would a non-Christian, a non-believer ever say, take not your Holy Spirit from me? I don't care. I don't even know the Spirit. I don't care about him. Our desire is to honour God when we honour him and our desire is to honour God when we don't honour him. We still wish we did, don't we? We cry out in our hearts. I, I, I want to I I glorify you. Okay. In Matthew eleven twenty seven, Jesus said, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So, reveal him. So the only people who know the Father are those the Son chooses to reveal him to. And, and how does he do that? By the Spirit. In, in, in John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. So Jesus is saying, the only way you can know the Father is if I reveal him to you. And I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's going to tell you everything about me and everything about the Father. You can really know him. I, this is... I, don't, I know I've only got about... It seems to be a one-point sermon in a way. There is nothing greater than knowing the greatest being who's ever existed. And God himself has planned that you know him by the Holy Spirit and God himself has planned that you know him as Father. And again, this comes to us particularly through the word of God. Because you see, I've heard people say, you switch off your mind and you receive from God. But you see, God says in uh, Romans 12, 
you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. He, he switches on the facts and he switches on to the truth of those facts as he makes them real to us. And that, again, is the work of the Holy Spirit. So in John sixteen fifteen, Jesus said, All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said, The Spirit will receive from me and he will make known. Right. I just, I just again, see that. All that belongs to the Father is mine. Must be a good point, Scott. That's crying out in our hearts about this point. It's big. All that belongs to the Father is mine, says Jesus. Everything the Father is mine. And I will give to the Spirit and you will receive from him and make known all about the Father and the Son. We can know him in the power of God. And again, in, in, in John fifteen twenty six, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also will testify, for you've been with me since the beginning. Now here's where we're going to take a bit of a corner. Okay, I've made point one. I really do have a second point after all. Okay. And that's this. Do you see what Jesus did? When the Father and I will send the Holy Spirit to you and he will testify about me and the Father, the Holy Spirit will, and then you will testify about me and the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is at work in the church, that is the family of God, making known the Father, Son and the Spirit. Um, and it's a glorious work. It's not trivial. Okay? He actually does all of his work through us. Okay? We can say, well, he can work without us. I mean, we're just kids. You know, I know that example of, you know, the, the dad who goes down with his three-year-old and four, five-year-old and he's fixing the car. You know that? And uh, he's fixing the car and the kid's, you know, playing around and donging things with the spanner and moving around. And, and, and at the end of the day, the car's fixed and goes back up and the mum says, what did you do today to the five-year-old? He says, me and dad fixed the car. And, and there's a truth to that in one sense, okay? But they actually, there's, that's, that's a bit, that trivialises something. We actually don't just bang our spanners and do nothing all day. God chooses to do all of his work through us. Do you understand what I'm saying? He does all of his work through you. And it's a real work. He does his full work. We actually are, are moving the ratchet properly. We are actually changing the head or whatever in the car. It is a glorious work because you see the spirit alive in us testifies to the truth of God. We do real work. So Paul said in Ephesians 3 verse 8, although I'm, he's talking about himself for a start, although I'm, the less, I'm less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. So he's saying, even though I was a, a undeserving and it should never really have been called because you know, he, he was persecuting Christians, God still called him to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. 
and to make known to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for the ages was kept hidden in God who created all things. So saying, you know this message that we call the gospel? It was kept hidden in the ages past. There were glimpses of it here and there in prophecies in the Old Testament, but it was hidden. It was a mystery. But you know what? A mystery can be made known. And he's saying, God gave me the job, this Paul, to proclaim to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ, this mystery. It was unknowable and now it has been revealed. Now, then he goes and says this. This is Ephesians 3.10. If you want to remember this verse, to go back and read it again. His intent, God's intent, was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom, now I'm going to stop there because manifold is a funny word. The manifold means many facets, many directions, many, many different things, okay? His intent, God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, to all of the rulers, whether they be spiritual, the powers of darkness is going to be made known according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you see who was going to make known the mysteries of God, the eternal mysteries, the glories of Christ? Who was going to be doing it? Did you hear what the word was in there? Through the church, the people of God. God has made a way to make known all of his glory to humanity. And we're it. How awesome is that? Through the children of God who love the Father and just can't help but make him known. We are not those who simply have a system of belief or a knowledge base or something like that. We know him and we make him known. We make known the one whom we know and love. Because he goes on then and says, In him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So we approach him because we know him. And we make known what we know or who we know. And you know, sometimes... If you use the word the church, that kind of has negative connotations to some people. Oh, the church. Yeah. In the church full of sinners? In the church full of hypocrites? Who, who here's a hypocrite? Me. Okay, we're all hypocrites. So, do we need to stop being hypocrites and then we'll be able to bear witness to God? Do you know what's amazing? When hypocrites and sinners bear witness to God, it's actually proof of the message. Isn't it? People can say, oh, look at you. You're not that good. And I go, yeah, that's right. I'm not that good. But do you know who is? The one who's made me good. Do you understand? So we don't, have to, we don't have to become perfect to be perfect witnesses. We are perfect because the very message says it. Sin is saved by grace. Bearing witness to God. The manifold, many varied aspects of the truth of the gospel in sinners like us. That's good, isn't it? Can you hear that? And all of creation longs that the children of God be revealed as they reveal him. Okay. And in that, in the present, we heard before 
we suffer with him as, as we are glory with him. We suffer the fact that actually we don't know him purely, but one day we will know him fully, completely. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says, For now we see only a reflection as in the mirror. Imagine, you know, you get out and shower and the mirror is flogged. 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 Not flogged. <laughs> yeah. You can see a, you can see the outline of yourself. Uh, we only see a dim reflection as in a mirror, mirror of, 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 of the truth of God. We see bits and pieces of it. But then we shall see face to face. Not with ourselves in the mirror. With God himself. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully as I am fully known. You know, God fully knows you and you are going to know him. Not just dim, because it is dim for us at some days. Then you shall know him fully. As you, the first fruits of the Spirit. Okay, I'll read one more passage. Romans 8, 22. I know I read a lot today, but he says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await for our adoption to sonship. We, we await for the fullness of what we now see dimly. The redemption of our bodies. Who's not... Oh, just got to wait, younger people. You'll long for that more and more as you get older. New bodies. Can't wait, hey. For into this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? We don't have it yet. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Well, sometimes we're not that patient. But... We wait for it. We long for it. But for now, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. Then we'll have the full fruits of the Spirit. Then we'll have it all. Now we know him in part. Then we shall know him fully. And it will be good. Because the first fruits of the Spirit crying out, Abba, Father, are good. They are really good. One day, when we see him face to face, we will be filled with awe and wonder and it will be the great and glorious day of the Lord because we'll know the Father as we know him already through the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your wonderful Holy Spirit. We thank you that you didn't leave us as orphans. We thank you that you through him make yourself known to us that we can know and love you in spirit and in truth. Father, we do love you. We do long to know you and long to know you more. And pray, Father, that the Spirit would do just that in our lives, that you would make yourself known through him in us, that we might glorify you. Glorify you as we know you as you are and also even even as we live in the suffering even as we live with the pain of our ongoing sin that that too would glorify you because it proves 
the truth of your grace and your mercy. Father, I pray that we would live in your glory and to your glory in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name.